0: my heart tonight I want to help you understand some of what he talked about and how it gets us to a place of a hard heart and I'm not talking about a hard heart uh towards the things of God or a hard heart because you're full of sin that's not what I'm talking about but I want to talk to you about a hard heart just like the disciples have Mark chapter number six Take your Bibles over to Mark chapter number 6. And I want to read one verse here. Stand when you found your place. Mark 6. Very familiar passage of Scripture. Verse number 52. The Bible says this, For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. I want you to understand that everything that is taking place leading up to verse 52 of Mark chapter number 6, these men, these disciples, are doing everything that God has called them to do. They're in the perfect will of God and they are serving the king with intensity. You need to understand that. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you, God, for the privilege to stand. God, you know, I've just got a moment, but I pray you would illuminate my heart and mind and give me exactly what to say, exactly what to preach. And God, I pray that you would open the hearts of your people now in this hour and we'll thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. So here in this passage of scripture, we find this very familiar verse and it is where the Lord Jesus speaks to our heart about the heart of these disciples. And when we think about what's taking place here in this text, the disciples are just coming out of a storm where we find uh, uh, verse 52. They're just coming out of a storm. And uh, 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 we find this description of these men's heart as they come out of this storm. And uh, I would ask the question, have you ever been where these men are at? Where your heart has just become hard. And you're a servant of the Lord. You're doing everything you can for the Lord. You're working hard for God. But uh, really, your heart has just got hard. I can tell you, I've experienced that more than one time in my life. Uh, and here recently, I've had to deal with it, uh, even in my own life, in God gave me this thought and began to work in my heart personally and uh, he used this to help me understand the reality of the totality of a heart and heart and I believe it'll help you if you listen for just a moment Uh, one indicator of our heart becoming hard uh, is simply that we're just not astonished uh, at the working of God anymore Uh, uh, we do and we see and we go uh, uh, but when God does something miraculous uh, it's just not astonishing like it once was when an old sinner walks down the aisle and gives his heart to Jesus we say yeah that's pretty good but it's just not astonishing to us like it used to be when a saint that's gone astray finds their way back to the Lord and they come crawling back to the cross we say well that's pretty good we'll just have to see how long that lasts it's just not astonishing to us anymore may I say this to you this in church, it's important to understand uh, uh, that we get here uh, uh, from time to time in our life. Uh, uh, and I believe in these days, it's becoming more and more frequent. If we're not careful, we experience uh, exactly what the disciples uh, uh, were experiencing here uh, in Mark 6 and verse number 52. Uh, and so we see here, there's a lot of great things that have taken place in Mark 6. Uh, uh, there was a boy that didn't matter to nobody, but he mattered to Jesus and he brought his lunch to the Lord and God took something that wasn't enough and he made it enough. He took something that wasn't going to feed nobody but this young lad and he fed all the multitudes that was surrounding them. I mean God has done something great. It was astonishing but these men didn't recognize it. Do you realize it should astonish us when God works a miracle in our hearts. We study through the book of Mark. We understand that Jesus is portrayed in the Gospel of Mark as the miracle worker. He would turn the world upside down. And he's chosen these disciples to help him do that. In Mark 1, John the Baptist, he comes out of the wilderness preaching. He's got camel's hair on. I mean, he's a wild man and he's giving it everything he's got. The Lord picks out a group of men that nobody would have picked out. I mean, just some rough guys. Uh, and he says, I want you to be my disciples. Uh, and there they go out. Uh, and they cast out devils. Uh, uh, they see the dead raised. Uh, uh, they see a woman with an issue of blood healed. Uh, and on and on and on. Uh, but it wasn't until after uh, uh, this multitude of miracles, uh, all that God had done for them, uh, uh, God had chosen them, God was using them, that uh, uh, their heart became hard. And we look at verse number 52. It's important to note that this wasn't the first storm the disciples had been in. If you go back to Mark 4 and you don't have to turn forsaken time, we understand that there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full and he was in the higher part of the ship asleep on a pillow and they awake him and say to him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm and he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared Exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind of the sea obey him? See, that was a storm that dealt specifically with these men's faith. But here in this passage of scripture in Mark 6, this is not a storm that deals with their faith, but it's a storm that deals with their fervency. No doubt it would be safe to say that the storm sometimes comes in our life because we have lost our astonishment of the Lord. The first storm, Jesus was in the boat with them. But in this storm, Jesus was between them and the storm. Jesus was on the other side of the storm. So here's the question that I asked when I read this. And I asked myself this. What is it that made the heart of these men hard? that had served so close with the Lord Jesus. What was it, Pastor? What was it that made their heart hard? Well, I begin to look through the pages of the Bible here, and I found a few things. I want to give them to you, and we'll be finished. I see first that there was something that took place that had these men rattled. The Bible teaches us in verse number 27 of this chapter, this has already taken place. Uh, immediately the king sent an executioner and commanded his head to be brought, talking about John the Baptist, and he went and beheaded him in the prison house. Here's what's happening in the life of these disciples. They're serving the Lord Jesus Christ, and they look over and John the Baptist has done got his head cut off. Now they've seen Jesus raise people from the dead. They've seen him heal the sick. Uh, uh, they've seen the blind sight come to them. Uh, and here's the man that they all look up to has done been to. King and they're looking and they're saying my goodness we're serving Jesus and we are looking at this man by the name of John the Baptist and no doubt he was the one that every one of these disciples wanted to preach like I mean he was my friend the hero of all the preachers I mean he come out of the wilderness with fire about him and them disciples said hey that's who we want to be like but now he's been beheaded for doing exactly what they're trying to do these men were rattled. And I say to you, if you're not careful, there's going to be some times in your life uh, where there's some stuff that comes uh, in the midst of you doing everything God wants you to do that you just can't understand. Uh, You can't wrap your mind around it. It don't make any sense. Uh, And in your heart of hearts you say, God, I know you could have done something about it. I know you could have fixed it. And I don't understand why you didn't. And I don't understand why I'm here. And God, I need you. And it seems like there's no answers. If you're not careful, your heart will start getting hard. These men were rattled. You ever been rattled? You ever faced something that just had you all messed up? But these men, they struggled with recognition. The Bible said in verse number four, Mark six but Jesus said unto them, A the prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and his own house. Can I say this? Jesus wasn't honored. Jesus wasn't honored. These men are following the Lord. They'd give their life to him. I mean they're working with all of their heart. John's done been beheaded. And now they're looking at their leader, the Lord Jesus, and he's without honor. Can I say in these days we're living in uh, the God that we're serving is not honored by this world. Uh, It's not respected by this world. Uh, He's not wanted by this world. Uh, And if you're not careful you'll say everything that I'm doing uh, is just vain. Uh, Everybody around me thinks I'm a fool. Uh, I don't understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. Uh, And can I say to you tonight you've got to understand uh, it's not about the world honoring Him uh, uh, but it's about the Father uh, being honored with His Son. Uh, And my friend you also are a child of God tonight. Hey, don't forget about your position in Christ. Don't forget about who you are. Oh, you're blood-bought. Oh, you're born again. Oh, you're going to heaven one day. Hey, don't let that get your heart hard. There's a lack of recognition. These men were rattled. St. John's been killed. The Lord's not being recognized. It seemed like they're limited... Their resources are limited. The Bible said that the Lord commanded them in verse number 8 of Mark 6 that they should take nothing for their journey, uh, for their journey save a staff only. No script, no bread, no money in their purse. Uh, uh, can I say to you, He sends these men out in verse number 8 uh, and it seems like that maybe their resources are limited. Uh, it seems like that what He's called them to do they don't have what they need to do. it. Uh, uh, they see the mission field. Uh, they see what needs to be done uh, and they think no doubt to themselves if that had been me, uh, I'd have said what had be." good if I could have brought some food on this trip I would have been good if God would have given me a little extra here as I'm going out to try to serve him uh, but what God was wanting them to understand uh, was when they're doing something for the Lord uh, you've got to understand uh, that it's all about him uh, and what he gives you in that time uh, is all that you're going to need it's all that you're going to need so won't you just trust him no I want you just trust me? I don't care if your heart will get hard seems like you don't have enough there's things that's happened you don't understand. And it seems like the Jesus you're serving don't get the recognition he deserves. And your heart will get hard. Can you understand now where these, how these men got where they're at? I mean, these men are struggling. Have you ever struggled, y'all? Yeah. Then they were simply run down. Look at verses 30 and 36. The Bible said, I'm going as fast as I can. Y'all stay with me. And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all the things, both that had, both what they had done and what they had taught. Now what they had done here, understand the context. They had picked up the bloody corpse of John the Baptist and they had carried him off to his burial. Right. And they went and told the Lord. Now imagine they're sitting around and they're telling the Lord. Lord, here's what we've done. We've, we've picked our hero up uh, out of a pool of blood and we've carried him down to a burial place and then we have went out and we've preached the gospel like you've said. And they're telling Jesus all this. You ever told Jesus all that you've been involved in because yeah. you're just in a bad way? And here's what the Lord says. This is interesting to me. The Bible says, And Jesus said unto them, Come yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. Man, that's a beautiful verse of Scripture, ain't it? Even the Lord recognizes that we need a vacation. You know, some preachers preach against going on vacation. Hey, the Lord, I'm not talking about a vacation from God. I'm talking about a a place to rest. Amen. For there were many coming and going. They had no leisure so much as to eat. And they departed into a desert place by ship privately. But watch verse number 33, what happens. And the people saw them departing, and many knew him. And ran a foot thither out of all the cities and out went them and came together unto him. Now we're gathering up close now to this miracle that they did not consider. And here's what happens. All this mess is going on in the life of these men that are serving more than anybody else. These disciples are doing more than anybody. These disciples are the Sunday night and the Wednesday night and the revival night crowd. These disciples are the one that when there's a work day at the church, they're here. These are the disciples when you have a, a visitation, they're here. These are the disciples that when you want to start a new ministry, they all sign up. These are the men that are doing it, and they've come to the Lord and they said, "Lord, let's tell. We gotta tell you all that's going on. We're just and we're run down. We're discouraged." Our mind's in a mess. And He says, hey, let's go rest a while. And so they're headed out to this place that Jesus wants them to go to. And they turn around and look. And here comes all them people that they had been serving. Here comes that multitude of people that had yeah. drained them. Yeah. And when they saw those people, It never comes out of their mouth. It's not recorded in the scripture. But I can promise you because I'm human just like these men were. Here's what they thought. Not again. We're wore out. Not again. And they enter into the feeding of the 5,000. And they begin to minister. They begin to work. They run down. But then they find themselves in a storm. Verses 45 down through our text. And the Bible teaches us that they were able to refocus. This is the key right here, church. I want you to understand. They were able to refocus. The Bible says that in verse number 47, look at it. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea and he alone on the land. See, Jesus has been segregated out to a place where he is the only one in that place. Is that making sense to you? He's alone. And when he saw them tolling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he come unto them walking upon the sea and would have passed them by. Here's what I want you to understand. This is a picture I want you to see. These men are very different in this storm than they were the first storm. Because in the first storm they were very young Christians and they did not know much about the power of God. But you don't see them crying out in this story saying, hey Lord, save us. We're going to perish. No, they're just tolling. Hey, we've been working, man. We've seen John killed. Some we've been through some experiences. Kind of like when you're in law enforcement and in the fire service and you have all them years of experience and then that young buck comes along and you think to yourself, well, he don't know anything. He don't know what all I've seen. That's how these disciples were. Hey, man, he don't... You know, they don't know how much we've bought. We've seen John killed. Uh, we've seen uh, the Lord disrespected. Uh, we've went out and preached the gospel and we ain't had the resources to do it. Uh, but God's come through and he's done it for us. Uh, I mean, we've seen a lot. And we going to go rest for a little while, but then we was able to turn around and feed 25,000 plus people. However many it was, is a bunch. I tell you what, this storm ain't nothing for us. We're just going to toil and roll. We ain't going down. Right. Now these, these men are different in this storm. Does that make sense to you? And Here comes Jesus on the water. And the Bible says that it would have passed them by. It's so interesting to me. Did you know that Jesus' intent was never to get on that boat? Because he told us his intent. His intent was never to get on that boat, church. Here's what his intent was. That his men would just see him. His men would just see him. Because they had been working for him. But they hadn't been working with him. And he didn't care nothing about getting on the boat with them. All he cared about was that those men would see him again. He wanted them to see him for who he was. He wanted them to refocus uh, on the fact that he was God and God alone. Can I say to you, you can work your fingers to the bone. You can get yourself absolutely spun out of control doing everything. You can sign up on every worksheet. You can come to every event. But if you don't see him, friend, you're going to wash out. You're going to faint. But if you can't focus on him, here's what Jesus did. He said, hey, I just want to put myself out there somewhere. Or they'll just see me. Here's what we need to pray tonight. I've got one more point and I'm done. We need to pray that God would send a storm that would help us refocus on him. You say, oh, preacher, we're going to pray for a storm? We need one. I'm not talking about a storm to deal with our faith. I'm talking about a storm that would help us say, oh, my goodness, who, is that him? Is that, hey, I think it's Jesus. Yeah. Hey, we've been working. We've been toiling. Uh, but I think I see the master. I think I see Jesus. Uh, and the Bible said that they all saw him. Uh, we just saw these men uh, that had been working right beside him. I mean, he's breaking the bread and the fish. And they're distributing that throughout, the, uh, throughout the crowds. Uh, and they all saw him. Hey, something different here. I'm that miracle I didn't see him. All they saw was the job. All they saw was the task. All they saw was what needed to be done. But when they found themselves in the storm, they saw him. And can I say to you, we don't do what we do just to have something to do. But we do what we do because of the one that saved us. And but if we can focus on him, they were able to refocus. I want to show you this. I'm done. I went quick, y'all. I went quick. Man, I skipped a bunch. They experienced a rekindle. I want to show you this. I've never really thought about this before, Brother Bradley. Look at verses 53. Right after our text where the Bible said that their heart was hard. The Bible says, and when they had passed over, they came unto the land of Genesaret and drew to the shore. When they were come out of the ship straightway, they knew him. Well, they've refocused. Yeah. Say, oh, wait a minute. we, oh, we, we You were just over there taking bread out of his hand. He's the one that sent you out to serve. Oh no, they knew him here. And they've done, had an experience in the storm where they saw nobody but Jesus. When they were come out of the ship straight where they knew him and ran, watch this, this is the only time, you correct me after service if I'm wrong. I tried to find it, I may be wrong. This is the only time that I find the disciples running to serve Jesus. They ran. Through the whole region round about, and began to carry about in beds those that were sick, for they heard he was. Whether he entered into villages or cities or countries they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch, if it were but the border of his garment, as much as touched him were made whole. You want an enthusiastic church? Focus on Jesus. This is the most enthusiastic you'll ever find the disciples. I'm telling you, when they come through that storm and they seen Jesus, they ran off that boat And they ran through the city and they said, hey, man, you sick? I mean, even Judas, he's lost, he didn't even saved. He said, hey, man, you sick? Jesus healing folk. Hey, you need something? Jesus, he's over here, he's fixing problems. Uh, I mean, even Judas, hey, you know you're having a revival. Oh, when the lost folks start carrying lost folk to Jesus. Amen. Uh, I'm telling you, uh, uh, the truth is tonight, church, uh, if we don't focus on him, it's all vain. It's all vain ain't about how much we do. But it's about the one that we're doing it for. You want to run through the city with an excitement like you've never had to serve Jesus, church? Ask God to put you in a storm where you can look out over the water and all you can see is Jesus. Heads are bowed this evening. Somebody wants to come to the piano for just a moment. He's going to play. It's no doubt in my mind that every single worker for the Lord, to include myself, finds your way to the altar this evening. Say, God, I've been involved in everything, but I've not been considering you. You heard your pastor's heart tonight. I had no idea what he was going to preach, but I knew what the Lord told me to preach. Hey, some of you, you're struggling. Hey, some of you, you got a question down in your heart about something that's happened that you don't understand. And here's what you're telling yourself. You're saying, I have done everything. I've been at every event. I've been at every function. I've done everything that I know to do for the Lord. And I don't understand why this happened in my life. And it seems like God is silent. It seems like God doesn't hear me. And it seems like it's never going to be fixed. And I just don't understand. Some of you is tired and wore out. And just as you think you're going to get a break, there comes the crowd. Here's what you need tonight. You need a storm to refocus. Won't you come tonight? Won't you come? Say God, that's what I need. I need a storm to refocus. We'll all quit if we don't. We'll all quit if we don't refocus. Some of you tonight need to get in the game. Amen. See, I've just kind of been around, preacher. I've not really gotten involved in a whole lot and It may be some of these folks are discouraged simply because they need some more help. You could do that. You could pick up a little bit, get involved. I preach in churches, God's allowed me to preach in churches in a number of places. Across North Carolina and the surrounding areas, and because I'm not pastoring and I'm not one of the big preachers. A lot of times I'll go preach for a church that doesn't have a pastor. Boy, they're just struggling. Just on the verge, Brother Neil, of just closing the doors. My what you have here. I mean, your preacher had me come in to preach today. He's already preached three times. He preached on the radio. He preached Sunday school. I mean, he's a biblical preacher. Apt to teach, but probably not going to. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Your your pastor's a blessing. It's never been the testimony of the church that they prospered when they got rid of the preacher. Never has You've got something that a lot of churches across this country ain't got. Gotta thank God. Bless His name. These are doing business in the altar. Do you need to talk to the Lord tonight? Caesar praying. Boy, he's good, ain't he? Where would you be tonight if it hadn't been for Jesus? Look back over your life at all God's done. So, preacher, I've had some hard times, we all have. And you'd have had hard times whether you saved or not. Boy, ain't it good to have a friend that sticketh closer than a brother? Ain't it good to have somebody in the wee hours of the night when nobody else is listening to talk to you? Commune with you as friend with friend. Always good. Father, in Jesus' name, we love you. Thank you, God, for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for the cross. Thank you, Lord, for men and women who would sell out and surrender their life to serve you. Help us to stay tender toward you. In Jesus' name.
1: Well, I don't know much. It may not be the smartest, sharpest knife in the drawer, but I do know that God's trying to tell us something, because, uh, like Brother David said, when Him didn't talk, the messages went together pretty good, didn't they? And uh, so let's uh, let's keep on going. Let's keep on going. Let's not get hard hearted. Let's see Him and let's run to serve Him. And that ought to be our desires—to see Him and to run to serve Him. Anybody got a word of testimony on your heart? Say so that's a pretty good starting day for revival. All right, if not, let's stand our feet. Tomorrow at seven. Be here a little early for prayer room. That'd be good. You men get here a little early. Go over in the prayer room. Let's start the service off of prayer. Morris and sisters will be here singing. Brother Ken Bowman will be here preaching. And it'll be a blessing. It's gonna be a big help this week. I know, I told you last week, God's gonna do something big under that tent and he did and i'm telling you this week it got-